Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady on. She's a member of the family. You see her at least every Monday or Tuesday. And then whenever I call, Kay will jump in the chair and do some news for us. Um, I wanted to, It's Kay Smythe, by the way. Kay, how are you? Good to see you again. Uh, you know, Joe, it's one of those days where I don't think any of us can, any British person, it's, it's a weird emotional day. Well, like, it is, and I wanted know. to have you on because of the Queen uh, passing. For those who don't know, you might have been at work. You probably should know by now Queen Elizabeth II has died at, at the age of 96, and she was at Balmoral. And it was interesting watching some of the video. My, my wife had it on, and I'm looking at it, and, and we're, I'm just thinking about it. She was there when, she was, when Britain was being bombed by Germany. She was at Balmoral, and here, 70 years later, there she is again in her last moments. I mean, that, that, quite a life. And to start it there and to end it there while having done so much in between is kind of amazing. So, again, I've said enough. As somebody from the U.K., as somebody who this was your queen as you were growing up, what are the thoughts? I mean, is this an emotional thing? I didn't think it would be as emotional as it has been. You know, I woke up this morning and immediately saw that she had been put on bed rest. Now, Joe gotta be honest with you every day since i set up like i got back into journalism about two three years ago and so i set up my bbc news notifications and for whatever reason every time that notification goes off my mind automatically went to oh my goodness has the queen died um which sounds morbid but i guess i just had this like underlying concern about it and so when i woke up this morning and i saw that she had been placed on bed rest and then when i saw that the bbc all of their team had been asked i saw hugh edwards uh, brilliant welsh news anchor i mean he does the news in english uh when i saw that he was um in black tie i thought they they know yeah they know they wouldn't do that otherwise so i wrote the article for the daily caller um ahead of time really it's you know we didn't know if it was going to happen in my heart of hearts i really wanted her to live to be over 100 you know her mother lived until she was 101 and so i had really wanted that for her but but, but her father died relatively young right that's why she became the queen at like 25 he did he did die relatively young but he also wasn't supposed to become king his brother abdicated and that's why he became king so we were never supposed to have a queen elizabeth ii and that's something and she has just been you know i honest to goodness there is not a single bad thing i can say i'm sure when i was younger i probably riled against her and the monarchy and the pointlessness and i've probably said stuff recently about the fact that i don't love how much the monarchy take in terms of taxes but when it comes down to the queen as an individual outside of the royal institution I mean, she was just such a rock star. Yeah. Like, she was one of the few women who never made waves unless it was necessary. She had a wonderful, irreverent sense of humor. She was clearly beloved by everyone. Like, I think it's very hard to be so universally loved in any day and time, but certainly in this day and age. And so... When she died, re, like pre-writing that story, I literally said, I really genuinely hope she lives until she's 100 plus and we don't have to publish this yeah. today. But there were just too many, there's just too many signals. The family flying up there, everything. And so 
as I was sort of writing about her life, that's when I started to get emotional. And then my, I guess, one of a better word, my sort of future mother-in-law called me and she loves the royals. And she and I actually teared up a little bit on the phone. It was, it was just sort of one of those moments where it's like, we've lost someone who was really genuinely good, who was a genuinely good woman with a good sense of humor, who raised a good family, not Andrew. Um, and, you know, just... <laughs> she she just she was she was really good she was a good good woman and well, well, let, let's let's do this it's case Smythe. go to casemythe.com she also news and commentary writer at the daily caller check out everything that she does I, I try to retweet it as often as i can great great stuff so um let's compare and contrast queen elizabeth and everything you just said about her which i buy into i'm not from the uk but she's been around since i've been around i mean th- there are fewer and fewer people every day that were alive when I was born, uh, and that's an interesting place, you know, thing to look at as well. But um, I've always thought something positive of her, and once you learn about her, what she did in in you know, when it, when the African countries started getting their own independence, and how royal and stately she was, and how positive she was about them self governing. I mean, because when she became the queen, Great Britain or or the the rule that the monarchy had was much broader than it is now. And she was very, very positive about people self-ruling and self-governing and becoming their own place. And, and contrast that to Prince Harry, who's an idiot. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you've got, you've got, I mean, sort of very, very strange ends of the gamut where she understood her role and did it in such a respectful way. I just watched a piece of video that she did the Christmas speech from 1957, which applies today as much as it did in 1957. And, and Harry is out there with Meghan Markle acting like idiots, you know, like they're oppressed people. So can you make that comparison? Does that make any sense? I think you can. I will say there's a lot that Harry does that the Queen also did, that his father does. So they are all huge environmentalists. You know, the Queen worked with some, I think, six to 800 different charities uh, all over the world. So I think Harry... For like I I go back and forth on I like him as an individual I don't agree with a lot of what he does and says but we're not that far off in age so I also understand like I've been watching him grow up you know so I sort of can look back on what he was like as a teenager the stupid stuff that he did he strikes me as the kind of man who was never designed to be a royal um, okay. but has somehow find found his little niche in the family. Well, well I would, I would. He's, well, he's just distant enough where, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to say anything about Meghan Markle because I go so back and forth on her. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I'm like, you know what? Why, why don't we stop hounding this woman? And then she opens her mouth and I think, oh my God, no, she, shut up. She begs shut us to up. hound her. So I guess the comparison I'm making is Queen Elizabeth was 25, didn't want to be the queen, didn't want her dad to die so young and took on the role and and ran with it. And she knew her role as much as I'm sure at her age, which was younger than you when she became the queen, um, she didn't want to be. She didn't want to have all that weight of the world on her shoulders, but she realized that was her role. Harry is a big baby, in my opinion, from what I see of him. His wife is even worse. Um, And and I just, I thank her, the queen, now that she's passed, and, and I thanked her before she passed, 
for being the person she had to be. She's the queen of freaking Canada. She's the queen yeah. of Australia. I mean, it's very odd that the, the, the responsibilities such a young woman had while giving birth to, what, four children? You know, while, while being a good wife and, and while her husband, you know, dealt with being the second in charge in the house, which is not easy to deal with. Um, I just think that she was the right person at the right time for that role or else Great Britain doesn't survive as well as it yeah. did, right? Oh, completely. The Commonwealth wouldn't exist today if it weren't for Queen Elizabeth. And, you know, I think I think everyone's going to focus. Here's what makes me really sad, Joe. And I'm not I'm not trying to like, uh, uh, you know, what's the word like derail the conversation or anything. Here. No, go ahead. That's why I had but you I on. Go ahead. You brought up a pretty valid point. Like there was some stuff that I saw about Meghan Markle today where I thought, Please don't let this be the first story. Like, have every person who's coming to this story do it exactly the way that you just did it. Let's maybe talk about, you know, what whatever's going on, why Meghan didn't go up to the, you know, the royal residence, the castle in Balmoral. I thought that was strange. Um, I want to know if Andrew went. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind to this day. Like, we've t- we've literally talked about this on the show before, Joe. I know you know, because we talk offline, like, how I feel about Prince Andrew yes. and his behavior. This is not a new thing. I grew up in the 90s in the UK knowing that Prince Andrew was a scumbag. He's a disgusting, slimy, creepy, weird, corrupt, nasty piece of work. And I want to know if he was up there. I want to know if he was by her side. Should, because he should have been, though. He should have been. I mean, you, part you, of me thinks, yes, absolutely, he should have been. But, well, and so I say that because I think... Why shouldn't everyone be there? Why I, shouldn't everyone be there? I think she would have wanted him to be there, even though he is all those things that you just said. That That's her blood. And I think that she would want him to be there. Why everybody wouldn't go, there's no answer for that. There's no excuse for that. Um, let me ask you this. I was confused because I thought at some point in the past few years, there was talk about about Charles never becoming the king and going right to William. Um, mm-hmm. Almost, Because he's got to be 75 now. He's got to be up there. Not that he's yeah. going to die anytime soon. I'm not wishing that upon him. But at some point, it started to look like Prince Charles would do his thing and then William would be the next in line. Did you ever hear that? Did I make that up? No, I think I probably have told you that okay. before. I absolutely think, I still think that Charles is going to abdicate. You know, we say in the UK, you know, like, God bless the Queen. Um, and then we have this whole thing, as soon as someone dies, you go, long live whoever the next successor is. Right. So in this case, it, you know, it would have to go through, I think, like, like five to ten men would have to abdicate for a woman to become queen again. So obviously we say long live the king. Yes. He won't actually, like be king i really don't want anyone to think that charles is just automatically now king there is an entire there has to be process it's going to be a coronation right yeah well there has to be a coronation he has to be like he has to almost like he has to go through a whole thing with the privy council then he has to sort of like there's like a public like or like a private like he goes through some ceremonial thing okay. then there's the public coronation and so, you know, I think we're going to see a lot over the next probably year. I think this thing won't be sorted and so, worked so like out for more than a year. For, for lack of a better term, is he like the king pro tem until the actual official thing happens? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. But are, are you really like me? Do, do, do you see William as more monarch-like than Charles? I do. 
I do, absolutely. I think that William has a sense of poise and character that Charles has just utterly failed to exhibit in his existence on this earth. Don't get me wrong, again, a lot of good stuff that Charles has done, but I just feel that he... What we really need right now, and this is not just in the UK, this is not just, you know... uh, uh, Again, I can't I can't think of the works as just been one of those days. But what we really need right now is someone with that poise, with that character, someone who young men can look up to, someone who is a gentleman, someone who puts his family first, someone who adores his wife and whose wife also sort of lives up to that standard that the crown has set. And I'm sorry, but like Charles and Camilla just aren't it. My first one of my first memories, Joe is Princess Diana's death. Like, that was one of my first ever... I remember having a conversation once with my parents about it because they had asked me, you know, like, what's one of your first memories? And I was just like, I remember watching the news footage the night she died because I remember... I was up all night watching that, too, the entire night. I think it was August 31st, 1997, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I was up the entire night because I didn't believe it, and, and I wasn't this big Princess Diana guy. But still, she was an important figure as long as I could remember. And certainly in 1983, way before you were around, uh, we all watched them get married. It was the biggest thing on the planet. But let me ask you about Charles, because you mentioned Camilla. um, uh, Queen Elizabeth, her uncle was the king. He abdicated because he wanted to marry a divorcee from America. And and they ended up, he said, I'm going to take this over the being the king. And that's why Queen Elizabeth's father became the king. Um, Isn't Charles in the same position? Didn't he marry somebody who had been divorced? And, you know, this is somebody that he was seeing during his marriage to Diana. I mean, it's almost the same situation, but because times are different, he can still become the king? I think, yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think because times are different, he's going to sort of be given the the gratis to go ahead. But I couldn't tell you a single Briton that I know that would want Charles in that position. He He is a weft. World Economic Forum overlord. Right, right. And I think he is too old to set in motion anything that has any potential positive. Like, just go be the Prince of Wales, dude. Yeah. I bet you can't even speak Welsh. I can. So, you know, maybe <laughs> but, I should be the Princess of Wales. Well, well that's true. That perhaps you should be. We'll talk about that further next time. It's casemythe, casemythe.com. Go there, and I and appreciate you jumping in the chair today. Let me just ask you one last question. And I literally have about a minute, Kay, because you and I can talk for two hours on this. Oh, um, uh, let me just, Does the monarchy have any power whatsoever anymore in Great Britain? It appears as though the prime minister has the power, the parliament has the power, but I get the feeling that they still have some things they can do. Is that true? Oh, like the royal family can override basically everything really? except for, oh, yeah, but they don't exercise. Why don't any they? Of those they rules. should. They don't. No, like we're a democracy. You know, I will say to a certain extent, Britain for, you know, the myriad problems that tiny little archipelago has, we do vote and our vote counts and we reap what we sow with that vote. You know, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Like the coalition government is one of my favorite examples of how voting actually does work. And it's usually people like me in the press who make everything worse for the people because we tell right. them stories. Oh, no, 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 you have to, you understand, I love our representative republic. I love democracy. But let's say the parliament decides, let's go ahead and nuke Russia. And you're telling me the queen can stop it and you wouldn't want her to? I would. 
Oh, I would absolutely if they love have a say, do, If they I have a say, also... it's almost like they don't utilize it at all. At least have yeah. a say. Maybe I don't it's want a... them to overrule, but have a say. It's a weird one where she'll be consulted. Obviously, if we're about to go into war, I absolutely cannot believe that any prime minister would make that decision without at least having the conversation okay. with uh, Buckingham Palace. And, and that's what but I wondered. I, I wondered if they, if, yeah, if they were involved whatsoever. And, you know, she always meets the new prime minister. I get that. But I, I, I just wondered, and I'm wondering out loud, if it's just ceremonious or they can actually do stuff. They can actually do stuff, but they don't because they weren't voted for. And so it's sort of like a principal thing. Like, you guys didn't vote for us, so we really shouldn't have any control over what you want. Let's let the people speak and then kind of go from there. It's all very interesting. I'm going to have you on again very soon because as we figure out the coronation, who's going to be the king and what happens next. And I still want to know, I mean, who's in the Commonwealth? I don't even know anymore. Uh, So we'll talk about that as well. Kay, thank you so much. KaySmythe.com. Read everything she does on The Daily Caller. Thank you so much for jumping in the chair today. Thanks. Thank you so much, Joe. All right. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We appreciate Kay coming in, giving us that great information about the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, who passed away today. Let me tell you about a great sponsor. It's going to be uh, the Tart Cherry Gummies from the makers of Super Beats Heart Chews. Uh, th- these are amazing. If you work out like I do, you're going to end up getting inflammation caused by the exercise. You end up by having aches and pains. Tart Cherry Gummies, they, they're going to help you to reduce inflammation from exercise, support your metabolic health as well. These gummies are made with a clinically studied tart cherry extract that's up to 40 times more concentrated than many other tart cherry extracts. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries, and they're vegan, non-GMO, they've got no sugar at all, and they're delicious. Formulated by a team of scientists by Nobel Prize winning doctor, Tart Cherry has been clinically studied to support metabolic health. So I want you to check these out right now. They taste great. They're going to help you out. Tart Cherry gummies are available up to 35% off when you go right now to the website they made for you, my listeners. MyTartCherry.com slash PAGS. MyTartCherry.com slash PAGS. Their best offer available anywhere. It's my chart, uh, my tart, he said, Cherry.com slash PAGS. Up to 35% off right now. Get to that website. We're back after this. The Joe Pag Show. You're listening to Joe Pags.